Alright guys, just as soon as we can gather in and get situated, which off your wood to really give me your best here tonight, just you know, in a few moments here. As people get collected and just, you know, get situated and get the notes and all that needs to happen. But um, anyway, just give me your best here tonight because I believe this is really a very important message. presence of the Lord the best is yet to come I'm telling you you're ready for services where we just kind of just all just what do we do next all right I'm gonna pray and I'd appreciate if everybody agree with me and just go ahead and get everything situated that needs to take place back there. And um, if you would also, my mic might be just a touch too loud. But Father, we come before you tonight and all of us in agreement together. Lord, we thank you for the word of the Lord. We love your word. We bless you. And as we pray tonight, Lord, we lift up the word of God. And Father, I ask you to come mightily upon me tonight and speak through me under a fresh anointing. And let this word go out, Lord. Let it be the word of the Lord, rain a manna from heaven. And let it be as living seed of truth sown out. And Lord, that everybody that's hearing this, wherever it's going, your winds of your spirit will carry the word where it needs to be. Your mighty angels watch over it because it's the word of the Lord, not because it's something of man. And Lord, I pray that as this goes out, that your Holy Spirit would just captivate every person that's going to be listening to this. To be able to give you our best ear and our full attention, our focus, just anoint our minds to be able to be clear and focused, anoint our hearts, anoint our, our eyes and ears to be eyes and ears of the Spirit, to be able to see, to be able to hear and understand what the Lord is showing us. Not seeing just with natural eyes and hearing with natural ears, but have eyes and ears of the Spirit, to be able to perceive and understand the true Word of God and what God is speaking. And Lord, I pray that this is going to go out into good soil, hearts and minds and lives, and watered by the Holy Spirit. Take root, grow, and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until Jesus comes. And Lord, we thank you for it. We believe you. Let your word go out. Let there be a washing of the water of the word of God. Let it be a hammer that breaks down every stronghold and everything not of God. A sword that cuts away what needs to go. And Lord, let there be major breakthroughs tonight in people's lives. There's even people that are going to be hearing this, maybe later down the road. Lord, I pray that as, as the blessing, the Father's blessing will be spoken at the end, or that wherever people are, the power of God is going to hit them, this blessing is going to go into their life, and they'll never be the same. Lord, that this, this will change lives eternally. I believe that. It's going to be something the rest of their life. But Lord, we thank you for it. And let everything be accomplished in and through this word that you will be done. And we agree together that, you know, the birds of the air are not going to steal the seed. We bind up anything of the enemy that would try to hinder this in the name of Jesus. We command them to back off and go now in Jesus' name. And we thank you again, Lord, for the winds of your spirit are going to carry this out, you know, among the nations, through the internet, wherever it's supposed to go. And your mighty angels watch over it. We bless you and we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> thank you guys for agreeing with me well I'm speaking tonight on blessings 
You know, my wife and I, part of our ministry is that of deliverance. But I don't just dwell on that because my heart, more than anything else, is for souls. And I love the presence of God. I have such a heart for revival. And I, I want to have um, a ministry that you see people saved, you see healing, you see deliverance, and you see the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And people, you know, refreshed and empowered. I don't want it to be about any one thing. Um, how many knows when Jesus ministered? He had a healing ministry. He had a deliverance ministry. And there were different aspects to what he was doing. So I don't dwell on one thing. But at the same time, tonight, um, this sermon will, will center around probably more of the deliverance ministry to a degree. Now, in that, all of us need to discern if there's any, any type of curses or any type of bondages or strongholds things that's been at work, things that's been trying to hinder and hold people back. We do need to discern that, and we do need it to clear away. But God wants us to be focused on Him. You hear what I'm saying? I know that some ministers out there, they, they love God, man. And there's some people out there that are Christians that love the Lord, but they just focus all the time on the negative. They focus on, on what the devil's doing, and they just dwell on that too much. And I mean, we need to discern it, we need to clear it away, but God wants us to focus on the good. He wants us, in other words, if there's some kind of curse or something, we're going to pray about that, God will clear that out, but he wants us to focus on blessings in our lives and to live a blessed life. Not dwelling every day, acting like you're wrestling against some kind of curse. That's not a life of victory, but that's unfortunately where some people stay. All right, so I'm going to deal with different things. I'm going to get off these notes quite a bit and just share from my heart and I believe this will really help you what are blessings and what are curses both of them are words that are supernaturally empowered so blessings is what I'm dwelling on tonight I'm not dwelling on curses we'll deal with that next week I'm, I'm dealing with the power of blessings tonight but blessings are supernaturally empowered words and these words will rest on somebody's life. And y'all please hear me tonight because it's important that faith arise in you because I can prove everything tonight with the scriptures. And I want you to jot some things down and go read it. But you would be shocked at how many places in the Bible from Genesis where God blessed Adam and Eve all the way through the book of Revelation. You would be astounded and how many times blessings and curses are mentioned. It will blow your mind. And sadly, how little it's preached on. We're not dealing with something that's a minor topic. We're dealing with something that has a lot of references in Scripture. So, blessings, when, when a blessing is imparted into somebody's life, that under an anointing, there are words that are placed on somebody that's a blessing. When that comes, that blessing will begin to cause good things to happen that would not have happened before. Because of blessings, there have been people that have actually experienced healing just strictly because blessings came in. There's blessings that will cause prosperity financially. Um, and blessings will turn things around. I'll get into that later as I go, but blessings... When a blessing comes in, things that maybe have been going in a negative way, it will turn. And it will begin to 
move now in a positive way. And sadly, that's also what curses similar to that except the opposite. There are supernaturally empowered words that will create negative in people's lives and will try to turn things negative. So it is important if there is a curse that it is discerned and broken. And it really deeply grieves me that, um, and I mean this from my heart, this is not a criticism, this is actually a, 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 like a sorrow. It grieves me to see that so few places are willing to deal with deliverance in people. There's Christians all over that need to be delivered from curses and bondages and strongholds and demons. And there's very few places that will ever deal with them. And they live a tormented life in many areas. They struggle with sin. They don't have to. But nobody ever prays for them to get delivered from that thing. It is a very sad situation. But I believe that God in these last days is really going to move in a special way to set people free. Because when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they had been in slavery. They had been in bondage. Y'all listen to this. They had been in bondage. Everybody say bondage. They had been bound. But when it was time them to come out God totally liberated them there was none sick or feeble among them they, they prospered God healed them up he delivered them he brought them out and I really believe that as we're as the Lord is about to come that God is going to move in such a powerful way he's going to have places that will yield to him but he's going to move so powerfully that his people that are going to be caught away to be with him his people are going to be cleansed they're going to be a bride without spot or blemish. They're going to go out victorious. Okay. It's going to be something God does. So blessings. Once a blessing is placed, it remains. Did y'all know that? I can give you scriptural references, but look this up. Jot these things down if you're taking notes. But Jacob. So here's a situation where Isaac was now older and Isaac's eyes were dim. And Isaac, for whatever reason, had never really discerned that God's hand was on Jacob. And Isaac was going to bless Esau. And Esau, in many ways, unfortunately, from what I take away from it, was not a righteous man. Um, he was in many ways a wicked man. But Isaac favored him for some reason and was going to bless him. And Rebekah knew that God's hand was on Jacob. And you remember God had spoken to her in the womb about two nations and the elder would be over the, I'm sorry, the younger over the elder and so she knew by the Spirit of God, but for whatever reason, Isaac did not. And so she told Jacob to, to make this plot that was deceitful to go in there and steal his brother's blessing. I mean, we know the story. But even though this was an act of deceit, even in that situation, when Isaac, there's something about a male authority figure speaking a blessing that is very powerful. And when Isaac put his hands on Jacob and he invoked that blessing over him and he placed it on him, I want y'all to really listen to words I'm deliberately using. He didn't just say some nice little thing. This wasn't what was going on here. He was placing on Jacob and into his life. He was speaking and putting a blessing on and in his life. And once he did that, it was released in Jacob's life. Jacob goes out and Esau comes in. And Esau says, I can, you know, he finds out, he weeps. I cannot believe he did. You know, do you please have a blessing for me? And Isaac says, I've already blessed Jacob. 
it's done. I can't take it back. It's set in motion. It is done. And he still spoke something over Esau, but nonetheless, Jacob inherited that blessing that was from Abraham, Isaac to Jacob. It was a, a generational blessing. So once blessings are imparted to somebody, it will stay with you from now on. And blessings will travel down family lines. And this can go on for hundreds of years, thousands of years. In fact, the Bible says these words. He says, I will bless a thousand generations of them that love me. And I think about how whenever it was time for Isaac to get married and Abraham made um, his servant go and find a wife for um, Isaac. And we know that his servant went, Eliezer went. And as he, he prayed along the way, Lord, let it be the one that comes out and draws the water, etc. It was Rebecca. And he knew that God answered his prayer, that God honored Abraham, and that God had handpicked this woman to be Isaac's wife. And it was Rebecca. And whenever Rebecca was about to leave, her mother and her brother, which had to be Laban, I'm assuming, unless she had another brother we don't know about. But Laban was standing there, and she was about to leave to go start a life there's something about this when you're about to start something new in life you're about to enter marriage you're about to start a new career maybe somebody's about to go on the mission field anytime you're going to start something new it's very important that you get somebody that's an authority figure to speak a blessing over you is it will make a big difference whether you're, you're blessed going into it or whether it's just kind of open like that. There's not really a blessing. There's not a curse. It's just open. There's something about somebody blessing you as you go that will help guide your feet into your destiny. But anyway, as she was about to go now and she was going to marry Isaac and she was going to, through that, you know, bring forth Jacob and Esau. And this is a very significant thing. Her mother and brother, they blessed her. And he's, one of the things he spoke was that the Lord bless you and multiply you. But then he said also, may you possess the gates of your enemies. Did you know, this is what I'm talking about, about how blessings can travel down for hundreds and even thousands of years. I want you to please think about this for a minute. I don't know exactly what year that took place. But this was before Jacob and Esau were even born but they spoke over her that your descendants that you and your descendants will possess the gates of their enemies did you know to this day that Israel still possesses the gates of their enemies to this day so something was released and I think about how important it is to to speak blessings like on little children. When, when the disciples allowed the little children to come to Jesus, you know, Jesus said, you know, don't forbid them, send them to me. See, the Hebrew culture understands blessings. Sadly, this is something that's neglected in Christianity overall. But the Hebrew culture really understands speaking blessings. And so moms were coming out. They knew that Jesus was there. 
And they knew it, whether or not they fully understood him as being the son of David, the Messiah, or not, they knew that he was a man of God. He was a prophet, that signs and wonders followed him. And they had read about other prophets like Elijah, you know, and things like that. They knew the story. So they knew this is a man of God. And so they were getting all their little kids. And they're running out there to Jesus, bless our children, bless and the disciples say, we don't got time for all these little children. This isn't, you know, children's church. Get them out of here, you know. And uh, Jesus said, don't, don't do that. Let them come. And what did Jesus do? Jesus did not prophesy over them. And he did not pray over them. He pulled them up to him. And he put a blessing on them. You imagine, man, if we could go back and, and look at the life of those little children, I promise you that something was put on their little lives that from that moment on their little feet began to turn to, toward their destiny they began to move toward what God had created them for and their life began to blossom and flourish and it's so important that whenever I mentioned about starting something new it was very interesting to me as I studied out blessings that there was a, a time when Ruth and Boaz you know got married and Ruth was brought in and, and Boaz was a, a, a close relative it was called a kinsman redeemer so whenever under um, Hebraic law and all that under the Torah whenever somebody died the next of kin a brother or something was supposed to marry that woman so that there could be procreation and carry on the family name and she had they had moved back into Israel and it come to find out Boaz was a kinsman redeemer he was a very close relative but there was somebody else that was actually a little bit closer related that could have redeemed her but he didn't want to so it ended up falling to Boaz and so Boaz was willing to marry Ruth and and in that time they, they had gone before the elders and when they went to get married the Bible says that the elders of the city spoke a blessing over them it was interesting to me because I don't think that a lot of people understand that we're not really dealing with prophecy here. We're dealing with blessings. But God gets in on that and there are things sometimes that are spoken that seem prophetic because they not only do they come to pass, but it's so in line with the purposes of God. Does that make sense? It's like the person's under the anointing. They're speaking something by the Spirit of God. It's a blessing and it comes to pass but it's in the line with the with the will of God and so because it comes to pass they almost think it's a prophecy but it wasn't but it was interesting because these elders spoke over Ruth and Boaz that they'd be blessed and all that but one of the things they spoke was that you would be famous in Bethlehem isn't that an interesting thing to speak but yet if you study the Bible you'll know that from Ruth down the bloodline came King David and down the bloodline all the way down came Jesus Christ who was famous from Bethlehem to this day we talk about Jesus being born in Bethlehem so there's something about these blessings that are tremendously powerful and carry on for a very long period of time And we need to be very careful about what we speak. And I'll, I'll get to that later. But be very careful about what you say. All right. 
let me just kind of go back to my notes now and, and give you a few things. But Now, blessings are something that you, you speak the positive of what you want to see happen. You speak that over your children. You speak that over your spouse. As a pastor, you speak that over the church. And I'll just say this and move on from it. And I, I say this in love, but it surprises me because those, those of us, and there's many out there that have our roots in, in the Brownsville Revival, we know about blessings. We know about it. And it surprises me how many people have gotten away from that. We need to get back to it and be blessing our congregations because blessings will, will do a tremendous em empowerment and bring change. All right. But blessings are speaking out words that you desire to see happen over a person, over a place. You can bless your home. You can bless land. You can bless a vehicle for safety in, the, in travels. You can bless things. So a person, a place, also situations and circumstances where things have been going a negative direction, you can speak blessings over those situations and circumstances and it will begin to turn those things around. I think that that, for some reason as I said that, I think people not only needed to hear that, but they really need to think upon that and then begin to do that. I need to say that again. I feel that in my spirit. You can bless people, you can bless places, and you can bless situations. Sometimes things may be difficult at work, and you know it is, but you can begin to lift up your hands and speak a blessing over your workplace. Begin to speak a blessing over the relationships there. Begin to speak a blessing over the finances there, etc. Just speak a blessing, and God will begin to do it. But blessings are different than prayer. In prayer, you're asking God to do something, and he'll do it because he loves us and he's faithful. But blessings is where you're standing in your authority as a Christian. And you're speaking out positive things that need to happen. And you're speaking it in faith. And when you use your authority and you speak it in faith, things will begin to change. But you have to understand, blessings is kind of like when it rains outside. Maybe it's been, it's been dry and it's been hot for a long time. When it first rains, that ground just soaks it up and it disappears. And in a few days, you're not going to even remember that it rained. But if it keeps raining, and it keeps raining, and it keeps raining, pretty soon you have standing water. That's how blessings works. You start speaking blessings, it just kind of soaks it up. And, you, and you're not going to see a lot of change necessarily really fast. But if you keep speaking blessings, keep speaking blessings, over time, things are going to turn. One of... There was one blessing in particular that I wanted to talk about. And this is in Numbers 6.22. And this was actually a blessing that God himself wrote. You ever thought about that? It's the only recorded blessing that we know of, period, that God himself wrote this blessing. And it's recorded in Numbers. We have plenty of other examples of where people spoke blessings. But this is the only place that we see that God himself wrote this blessing out so that it could be spoken and it could be um, released out over people. 
And I know the Bible says that God blessed Adam and God blessed this and God blessed that. But this is a written blessing that God himself wrote out to be used, okay? All right, in Numbers 6.22, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. And you'll say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So, now look at this phrase. So they shall place my name on them, on the sons of Israel, and I will bless them. There's a lot of places in scriptures where it says God, you know, spoke this blessing or whatever, but this is the only place where God wrote out a blessing for us to actually use it to speak a blessing on other people. And he said that when you speak this blessing, he said that you'll place my name on them. Sometimes I think it would be helpful for us to really stop and think about what we're reading. Did you know that an authority figure can place a blessing to where it places God's name on you like that? What exactly does that mean? But I'll say that where the name of God has been placed, his presence will dwell. And his blessing will be evident. So you see here how it's the male authority figure is speaking out a blessing. And by doing so, he's placing on them that blessing and he's placing on them God's name. And then God said... I will bless them. And that's exactly how blessings work. It places that blessing on them. And I'm going to come back to that here in a moment. And I'm going to show you that when, that when Aaron did that, it was a powerful thing. But it placed God's name. It placed that blessing and it placed God's name on the people. And you you'll notice that once Aaron did that, even though they were out in the wilderness, there was a lot of supernatural things that happened. I'm going to come back to that in a moment, but let me show you a few things. Now Moses sets up and anoints the tabernacle, but there, did you know that there's a connection with blessings and revival? There's a, ble there's a connection also with the communion table and blessings. That's why I put them together. We take the Lord's Supper together, and then I speak a blessing over you. There's a connection between them in Scripture. <coughs> Excuse me. But there's also a connection with speaking blessings and revival. And I'm going to show you that. In Exodus 40, verse 34, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting. Now Moses had gone through. He had set up the tabernacle. I'm sure that this was a real challenging thing i mean he set this whole thing up and it was quite large and there was a lot to it but moses sets up the tabernacle he starts in the holy of holies he anoints everything he comes out in the holy place anoints everything comes out in the outer court and anoints everything and once he anointed the tabernacle which is called the mishkan or in hebrew the mishkan once he did that then the glory of god came and saturated that tabernacle now Leviticus 9.20, sometime later, 
The Bible says that they now placed the portions of fat on the breast and he offered them on the smoke on the altar. So now Moses and Aaron are, you know, killing these sacrifices and they're placing the portions on the bronze altar of the outer court where they were supposed to. But the breast and the right thigh Aaron presented, he waved it before the Lord just as Moses had commanded him. Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people. Now look at this. Aaron, being the, the authority figure, the high priest, he lifts up his hands. And in, in the Hebrew culture to this day, they, they hold their hands like this. And I'll explain why in a moment, okay? But he lifts up his hands as a priest. And he spoke this blessing. He probably sang it because that's the way it's done. Anyway, and once he lifted his hands and he blessed the people like that, he stepped down from making the sin offering, the burnt offering, the peace offerings. Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting. When they came back out and blessed the people, look at this, the glory of the Lord appeared to the people. Then fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the portions of fat on the altar. And when the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. And that's interesting because it reminds me a little bit of the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel where the fire of God came down and consumed the offering. But it was connected here with Aaron being a high priest. And as a priest, I'm going to come back to this in a moment and show you something about Jesus I bet you've never seen before. But he stood there as a priest and lifted his hands like they do and probably sang it, but he released that blessing of the Lord out. And when he did, the Bible says the glory of God came. And fire fell. Now let me show you that there's a connection also with the communion table and blessings. We all know the story of when Abraham went to battle with those multiple kings. It was like I think four kings or something. And he, he had to rescue Lot. And um, the king of Sodom, once he defeated those kings, I don't remember if it was four kings or, you know, Anyway, he, once Abraham and his family defeated these multiple military forces, which is an amazing story. Anyway, after that, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shaveh, and that is the king's valley, and Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. So what is this reminding you of right now? The communion table. Isn't it interesting that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? There's a pattern from Genesis to Revelation that is all through there. But anyway... Melchizedek who was a priest unto God this was some kind of a priesthood that was way before Moses that we don't know a lot about it probably has its roots in Noah and his son Shem and how they they taught about God and what pleases God etc but nonetheless here's this king or this uh, this priest Melchizedek which um, Jewish scholars believe is actually Shem so we don't we don't know though but anyway, as he stood before Abram, they had the bread and the wine. So there, it's a symbol and a type here of taking communion. He was the priest of the God Most High, and he blessed Abram. So I imagine he lifted up his hands and he blessed Abram. He said, blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And then he blessed God. He said, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And then Abram gave a tenth. He tithed to Melchizedek. So you see there, there's a connection between the communion table and blessings. And not to mention that Aaron and Moses had been 
offering up a sacrifice on the altar which is a picture and type of the communion table also because the priest eat at the altar but the connection with that and speaking blessings and once the blessings were spoken then you see that the glory came and the fire of God fell and I have found just pastoring for a while now that a lot of people have never had anybody bless them their whole life unfortunately many people have had people curse them and I'm not talking about profanity I'm talking about speaking negative things over them many people have had that and they've got to get free of that they've got to have that broken but they've never had anybody bless them you know to this day this was something that Israel had um, understood for so long to this day that if somebody's up speaking a blessing that's Levitical and it's, it's among the, the Jewish people, you'll see that they'll hold their hand the same way and they'll sing or release that blessing and the people will cover their eyes. And, and history has told in Jewish writings that whenever people become, so let's just go through this for a moment. Let's say that somebody was going to go to the tabernacle and they wanted just to worship God and the whole concept of sacrifice is misunderstood because God created um, this tabernacle for his presence to dwell there and the word in Hebrew is korban and it comes from a root word which means to draw near and so we translate that as sacrifice but God the Hebrew indicates that God is simply wanting people to draw near to him but see we say sacrifice please follow me and people think it's like well I've got to give up something it's something I don't want to do it's something I have to do something like that and it's got a negative connotation God never intended that a proper translation really would be offerings but it comes from a Hebrew word where God is saying so that you can draw near to me but anyway so people want to come maybe they're going to bring a peace offering and they want to draw near to God so a family comes and the husband's there and they've got their sacrifice they've got the offering and they go in the husband goes in before the high priest and I believe he's able to bring his family from what I understand reading this and they take the sacrifice the priests do and they take this offering unto God and they cut it into the pieces they put the fat on the altar and all that and if it's a fellowship offering a peace offering the priest eats some of it and the family eats some of it so they're actually eating in the presence of God but then the priest before they would leave the priest the high priest whoever it was at that time would lift his hands like this and he would sing a blessing over that family and it's recorded that when he did that down through Jewish history that people would be standing there and the priest would begin to sing in Hebrew like this and the glory of God would begin to appear where his hands were they would start seeing a glow of God's glory where he was singing that and that people would kind of be a little scared and they would bow their head in reverence to God but he was singing that blessing over them and he was putting a blessing on that family and so after they left out they were blessed you know it's interesting too because you we have a story in the Bible about little Samuel now Hannah we know the story that Hannah was barren and her husband had had two wives one wife was you know having children and she was ridiculing Hannah remember the story and Hannah was so grieved she wanted to have children 
And so every year they would go up to the tabernacle in Shiloh where Eli was the high priest and they would offer up offerings unto the Lord. They drew near to God. They offered up things unto the Lord. They, they loved God. They were a good family. And Hannah, at this time, she was really grieved about the situation. She was really praying that God would give her a son. But she was earnestly praying. Her eyes were closed. Her lips were moving. But she wasn't actually saying anything out loud. And Eli saw her and thought she was drunk. And Eli kind of rebukes her and says, you know, why don't you put away your wine? Woman, you coming into God's house all drunk and everything. And um, she said, no, you misunderstand. I'm not. I'm, I'm really grieved because I want to have a child. And, and I'm praying to the Lord about this situation. Now, hear what I'm about to say. Eli heard that. They had brought their offering. So it's a picture and type of like a communion table situation. They brought their offering. Eli lifts up his hands and he blesses her and one of the things he said was may God give you the desires that you're praying for he blessed her you know what happened she goes home and gets pregnant and one of the things she did was she made a vow she said Lord if you give me a son I'll give him back to you and that was little Samuel the power of a blessing she had been barren but once she was blessed, she conceived. All right, so I'm going to give you a couple more things here. I told you the priest would lift their hands like this and they would sing that blessing over the people. And when they did, there's, their history records among Jewish writings that the glory of God would appear, a, a glow. People hide their face. But, you know, when we read that, the Lord bless you and keep you, in the Hebrew, it implies individually. Even though you may be blessing a group, that God is interested in each individual person. So it implies an individual blessing. Isn't that something? That God is saying for each and every one of you, be blessed. And I'll give you something kind of deep and just follow me with this. I'm going to not stay on it long at all. But in... Hebrew there's 20, 22 letters the 15th letter is called the Samech and this is um, like an S and the Samech every Hebrew letter has a numerical value it has a picture that goes with it and so the picture is like a rod or, or, or something you would lean upon okay that would prop you up And it's very interesting that the priestly family would speak this blessing. And in Hebrew, it's 15 words and it has 60 letters in it in Hebrew. And the letter Samach in Hebrew has, um, it's the 15th letter, but it has a numerical value of 60. You know, I believe God is saying that God gave this blessing to his people to uphold us. See, it's something that will prop you up. As like something that you can lean upon that will prop you up and give you strength and undergird you. Uphold you. And the shin, why, why would the priests hold their hands like this? To this day, why do they hold their hands like this? I'll tell you why. Because if you look on any um, mezuzah or anything like that, you'll see that there'll be what looks like an English W. It's not a W. It's the letter Shin. 
And that's all this is when they're holding our hands like this, is to let her shin. And there's really a powerful revelation about this. Because the letter shin is the SH where we get things like shalom. And we get the Shekinah or the Shekinah. That's the manifest presence. It's also where you get like El Shaddai. And you get Sha'alu in Hebrew, which is prosperity. It's a very powerful blessing. And so the letter Shin, the SH, is a way of God saying, May El Shaddai, please look this way and hear me. May El Shaddai, the God of more than enough, the word D-A-I in Hebrew, the Dai means enough. May El Shaddai, the God of more than enough, may he give you his Shalom, his Shekinah, and his Sha'alu, his peace, his presence, his prosperity. And so that's why that the hands are held that way because it speaks of El Shaddai. And also, the Shin in Hebrew is it's like if you look at the picture the shin is like teeth that devour and like fire that devours and you know what the blessing of God will cause your enemies to be devoured before you all right and so God's blessing in his presence so let me close out with the last couple things here when Aaron stood up like that as a priest and lift, lifted his hands and he began to sing that out in Hebrew, began to speak that blessing over the people, he was putting it on them. He was putting God's name on them. When he did that, something happened. And it's interesting that you read that even though Israel was out in the wilderness, that their clothes never wore out. So think of it this way. The presence of God settled in among Israel even though they were in the wilderness the presence of God was in their midst what is the result of God's presence the Bible says their clothes didn't wear out the Bible says that they had manna from heaven supernatural food that God gave them supernaturally water when they needed it there was none that were sick or feeble among them they had divine favor they had angelic protection let me say this too I believe that just as in the reverse curses will empower demons blessings will the angels of God will enforce the blessings y'all hear what I'm saying and also Israel in the wilderness time they had victory over their enemies Israel had that supernatural provision abundant water but just think about that for a minute. That's so powerful. So hopefully you caught the connection. Israel was beginning their journey. Aaron gets up. Now it's a new beginning for them. Aaron gets up and he invokes that blessing on the people. He puts it on them. Now the presence of God comes down. He, God placed his name, or Aaron put the name on him. But God's name is on him. Now his presence is among them. And because his presence is in the midst of his people, these supernatural things were with them. They were healthy. They were prosperous. They were victorious. Does this make sense? Okay. And this blessing, 15 words, 60 letters in Hebrew, 
I'm going to break down a couple words in Hebrew for you. The Lord bless you. Barak. So the beginning is is the blessing, okay? It comes from the root word Barak. It, it implies in the Hebrew that the Father would kneel down to bestow a blessing to you. Man, that is an amazing imagery that the God who created all things would be willing to kneel down and release a blessing into our lives. We don't deserve it. But he's so loving. The Lord keep you. So in Hebrew it's Yevarechacha Adonai and then Veish Merecha. The Lord keep you. The word there, the root word is Shamar. And it means this, like a hedge of thorns around you. That God will hedge you in. You know, in the book of Job, Job would get up whenever his family would just have different get-togethers and, and they would socialize and they'd party. Job would get up the next day and, and he would sacrifice an animal shed blood and he would pray that God forgive any sin and bring his family under the blood. And the Bible records that the devil approached God and God said, have you considered Job? And the devil said, well, you put a hedge around him and his family all that we own. We can't touch him. There can be a hedge of protection. And this implies in the Hebrew like a thorny hedge around. So the enemy tries to come in, but it's like the thorns are, are pricking at the enemy as they're trying to get to you, but you're blessed. And they're having a very difficult time getting through to you because you're blessed. The Lord make his face shine upon you. I always love that scripture. And, you know, I'm sorry, just different places it mentions about the shining face. But anyway, it has to do with God's presence. More than anything else, that right there is probably the most important thing to me is God's presence in my life so it has to do with his presence and then be gracious unto you that comes from the word the root word Hanan and it implies God's loving favor and mercy may he lift up his countenance Panim his countenance his face upon you this implies a face-to-face -face intimacy I know that, that you're familiar with these things because I teach a lot on it, but you know, I think about in the tabernacle, the table of showbread. And in, in Hebrew, the table of showbread, which is a picture and type of the communion table, mind you, was in, in Hebrew was lechem panim, the bread of faces. And that always surprised me because I read that in the Hebrew and I saw panim, I saw faces, and I'm thinking, that's interesting. But there's something about the communion table that brings an intimacy like a face-to-face. -face. And I remember how Jesus was on the road to Emmaus and he rose from the dead and here he is appearing to these disciples who are really grieved. And they're like, are you from far off or something? I mean, today, you know, Jesus of Nazareth died and, and they were really upset about it. He was a great man. And this is Jesus walking among them, but they didn't recognize him. And... Um, Jesus was going to walk off and leave them and they said no please don't go stay with us and they didn't even know it was Jesus yet but they get back to their house and they have him there and 
and Jesus took bread and it, it would have been unleavened bread because this is um, the time of Passover all the leaven was gone okay so he took unleavened bread and he blessed it I'm sure he did the Hebrew blessing that we you know during communion he broke it and when he did it says the eyes of them were open and they recognized Jesus what happened they're face to face and then he disappeared the table of the Lord and then finally the Lord give you shalom now the reason why I always when I bless you I always say establish you in his shalom the reason why is because here the word sim s-i-y-m in the Hebrew that we translate give you it's seem and it actually means steadfast so it doesn't mean just like giving it means establish or make you steadfast in his shalom does that make sense there's a difference between may the lord give you peace or may god establish you in peace there's a difference and so i always try to say establish you in his shalom and i try to use the word shalom and i'll tell you why because the word shalom in hebrew as a matter of fact you can kind of see by me saying this to you right now that the hebrew brings out a little bit more than what our english translates you can see it right but shalom in hebrew means complete wholeness it doesn't just mean like peace as we know it it means that god is making you whole in every way there's more to it it's completeness all right so this is actually the last couple things i want to share and then we're gonna we're gonna pray together and have a time of speaking a blessing all right so jesus blesses now we know that it's very important that you hear this what i'm about to tell you when jesus came and he started his ministry and he went down to john the baptist john the baptist we know from scripture was a direct descendant of aaron and really in god's eyes he was actually the the high priest of israel in god's eyes as far as generationally but caiaphas was placed there it was a political thing john was not only the high priest but he also was a great prophet in the order of elijah he had that that elijah mantle and so when jesus comes to him jesus does not need to be immersed because of sin in his life that's not what was going on jesus came as the king the son of david but you have to understand that when a high priest was going to pass his office to his son when he was going to pass it to the next in line one of the things that had to happen was that the high priest would immerse with water immerse and it was a mikveh it was a, a ceremonial cleansing once that happened then he would pass the office and so jesus went down in the water as the son of david as the king but he came up as the high priest in the order of melchizedek and john the baptist said he must now increase i must decrease why because john basically was saying i'm passing to him what i have So when Jesus began his ministry, is this making sense? Because if you read Hebrews, you understand Jesus is our great high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And so he's Melech, he's King Zedek of righteousness. He's a king, but he's also a high priest. But when Jesus ministered for those three and a half years, he went around as a Jewish rabbi and a prophet. Mainly what he was doing 
was functioning in the office of a prophet. And everybody in Israel would have known about the prophets of times past. For example, Elijah, Samuel. You hear what I'm saying? They read about all these stories. So Jesus would go into a town. He would begin to preach. And signs and wonders follow. And so his ministry was more or less functioning in the office of a prophet. But toward the end, when Jesus now had fulfilled, he had, he had taught every lesson he was supposed to teach. He had given every parable he's supposed to give. He was faithful. After he had fulfilled what he was supposed to in that office, now it's beginning to transition. And now he's beginning to move more into the office of a priest toward the end of his life. And you read about in the garden where he was really earnestly praying and he was so earnest in his intercession that it became, his sweat became as drops of blood. You remember that he took his disciples in for a Passover meal before that and he took out a Passover, a Holy Communion and this is a priestly ministry here. This is a priestly meal. Is this making sense? He washed the disciples' feet if you follow me, this is really powerful what I'm sharing with you because I want you to see how Jesus now was beginning to function as a priest. Before Passover, all of the Jewish men would have already gone to the temple and would have self-immersed in water. It was a baptism. It was a cleansing. And then whenever you begin the Passover meal, everybody would have had their hands washed. It was like a, a baptism of your hands, like a cleansing because you're going to be using your hands to eat a holy meal. That's the concept. But Jesus also washed their feet. He was a humble servant. But there was more to that. Jesus said to them, you must let me do this to fulfill all this, all righteousness. You got to let me do this, okay? And he was talking about them being cleansed. So hear me out because this is really powerful if you'll get this. Before the high priest would go in on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, they would have to go into the Holy of Holies once a year. Y'all are familiar with this. He would have to self-immerse in water and be cleansed. But he also had to go to that labor and he had to wash his hands and his feet. So there was a cleansing before he went into the Holy of Holies. Jesus knew, here we are at Passover, but Jesus knew the future and he knew that they're about to go into Pentecost and they're about to have a Holy of Holies experience and he knew that they had already been immersed and he knew that they had already had their hands washed so now Jesus being the great high priest was also washing their feet and he was getting them ready for their holy of holies moment that was going to come and so Jesus is moving now into this priestly office and before Jesus left Jesus went out I want you to look this is on your notes but it's Luke 24 verse 50 when they when he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany he lifted up his hands and he blessed them Jesus wanted to invoke a blessing before he left on his people so just as Aaron did as a high priest over Israel I have no doubt that Jesus now is the great high priest lifted up his hands in the same way and probably would have sang it just like he's always done 
and he began to bless them and maybe saying something and he began to bless them and when he did I'm sure that they recognized right off what he was doing and they bowed their heads and Jesus before he left he put a blessing on his people as a priest and Jesus right now is at the right hand of the father doing what ever living to make intercession he's in a priestly role right now but there's coming a day when he's going to saddle a horse and he's going to split the eastern sky and his feet are going to touch the Mount of Olives and he's, he's coming as the king. Right now he sits on his father's throne but he's going to fulfill prophecy. He's going to be in Israel, in Jerusalem sitting on the throne of David ruling the world as we know it. As king over all other kings Lord over all other lords. He's going he's gonna to move. He came like a prophet, shifted into a great high priest, and going to end as king. Does this make sense? All right. And I need to close this thing out. Are y'all getting something out of this tonight? All right. Paul and the glory of the Lord. Let me just give you this scripture. And then I want to give you the last thing. I want to give you just kind of a warning. But 1 Corinthians 3, 7, But if the ministry of death and letters engraved on stones came with glory, he's talking about the law, he's talking about the Ten Commandments, so that the sons of Israel could not look intently on the face of Moses because of the glory that was shining from Moses' face. Fading as it was, how will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? So what I'm saying is, is we have, we read about this Old Testament pattern of how the priest would get up and invoke a blessing, would speak, would place a blessing on God's people, and it's recorded in Jewish history that the people would see like a, a shining of the, the Shekinah glory. And he's saying that if this being an Old Testament type came with glory how much more now that we have the fullness in Christ how much more now are these blessings that we have our great high priest how much more now is there a glory associated with speaking blessings it's a powerful thing and so may El Shaddai the God who's more than enough give you his shalom his shekinah his shalu his peace and prosperity his presence all right, here's a warning I felt the Lord say, and then we're going to pray. 1 Peter 3, 9. Not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. Did everybody get that? How many knows whenever somebody is cursing you, you want to retaliate? We know it's the, it's the sin nature, it's the flesh, it's just the human nature. That when people are going to be speaking curses your direction, you want to send them a pretty good one right back. But the Bible says, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. What did Jesus say? Forgive your enemies and bless those that curse you. So God has called us to bless and the thing is that many times if we would obey that and we would really forgive people from our hearts 
and we would just speak a blessing over them God would turn the whole thing around and even if they remain like they are God's gonna bless you for you were called look at this for you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing so if you'll bless you're gonna inherit a blessing so in other words if you you're gonna reap what you sow if people want to curse you that's their problem but if you'll bless then you'll reap blessings in your life but if you're gonna get into this cursing business what are you gonna reap let me give you a warning I felt the Lord tell me to give number one stop cursing yourself some people are very foolishly speaking things over themselves that are negative and they're they're wrestling and they're working against their own self-imposed curses things they're spoken over themselves stop cursing yourself if there's things you've spoken over yourself ask God's forgiveness and break it and you may need to say the opposite multiple times especially if you can find a scripture and quote that scripture out loud over yourself that will be like a blessing over your life but you need to renounce and break negative things that you've spoken over yourself number two stop speaking negative about your health and your finances some people will speak things listen do yourself a favor and stop saying my sickness whatever it is and stop speaking over yourself how sick you are and all these negative things and stop cursing your health stop cursing your finances stop speaking about how little you have how nothing ever works out how it seems like every time you get ahead something happens and you just all this negative 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 you don't realize it but you're cursing yourself and what some people will do they'll they'll get really good and it's like they get under some kind of an, an evil spirit about and they'll curse every part of their life and then for the next little while they're sitting there going man I don't understand it's so hard to pray things are not working out I mean this has gone sideways this didn't work out at all and they're working against their own curses stop cursing your family or other people stop griping and complaining about your kids etc and stop speaking all this negative stuff over them because those curses will empower the devil's plan for their life those curses can actually even release evil spirits to try to torment them you want to bless people not curse them also let me give a real strong warning if you've been somebody that talks about others behind their back I don't have time to really get into this next week will be about curses I've been ma mainly preaching on blessings tonight but there's a curse in the Bible cursed is the one who smites his neighbor in secret this has to do with gossip and slander gossip is tailbearing you go from place to place did you hear about so-and-so did you hear about this it's nobody's business if you know something personal you need to just pray for the person you don't need to go around spreading it and by, the Bible says that God hates the one now this is a scary scripture but you can look it up you don't believe me and look it up in the Hebrew because this is what it says God hates the one that sows discord among the brethren 
And one of the greatest ways discord is sown, gossip. Did you hear about them? Or they said this, they said that, they said this about you. It may not even be true. And it's just spreading all this stuff. That's a talebearer. And there's a curse that can come on people that are talebearers and that slander. They go around speaking negative about other people. They run them down behind their backs. The Bible says, cursed is the one who smites his neighbor in secret. It actually can bring a curse on somebody's life. That's a gossip and a talebearer. And let me tell you, I've seen people that are like that, and they seem to have a lot of problems. They seem to have a lot of health problems, and they also seem to have a lot of problems in, in relationships in their life because they're bringing on themselves a curse. All right. And let me encourage you with this. Number one, stop doing the negative, but now start doing the positive. Start speaking blessings. Begin to go through your house and anoint the rooms and begin to speak blessings in your home. Begin to bless your family. You know, if you feel like you've cursed them, ask God's forgiveness. If you feel like you need to ask their forgiveness, get that dealt with, but bless them. You know, I noticed that the glory, remember I showed you that there's something about communion table, blessings, and then the glory. So at night before I go to bed, I always try to take a moment and I take the Lord's Supper and I pray over my home. And I'll take a little bit of the juice on the front porch and I'll pour it out there on the ground. I say, Lord, I bring this whole property under the blood and anything not of God, get out of here. This is holy ground. And I, and I really come under the blood. I bring my family and property under the blood. And... Um, my wife and I, I go upstairs and we always, uh, when we go to bed, we, we bless one another and pray for one another. Every night, she'll speak a blessing over me. She always puts her hand on my head and blesses me. <laughs> and, then, and then we'll pray together and then I'll bless her. But you know what? We're sincere about it. And ever since we've been doing that, I have felt the glory increase in our home. Because of the communion, the blood, and because we're blessing one another. The power of speaking blessings. And this blessing specifically, the Lord bless and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you, establish you in shalom. That blessing that God wrote, you can speak that over a person, you can speak that over a place, you can speak that over your home. This home will be established in shalom, in God's presence. But as you speak that over people in places, God said he'll put his name in his presence. Because his presence is where his name is, is what I'm getting at. But begin to speak blessings. Also begin to speak God's word. Instead of speaking negative, begin to quote scripture over a situation. You'd be surprised how much of a difference it'll make. The Bible says that life and death is in the tongue. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, I think, 3019, if I got the reference right, it says, I've laid before you life and death, blessings and curses, choose life. And so it's a matter of beginning to speak blessings, but also speak the word of God over things, over people. And finally, talk faith. Stop talking all this doubt and unbelief business and start speaking faith. God is with us. God's going to give us victory. Things may look negative right now, but it will not stay that way. God is turning this thing around, and he's going to give us victory. And when you start talking like that, it's talking faith. 
and you begin to speak blessings and you begin to quote the scriptures over things you watch god will give you victory and he'll turn it around but when things are negative and you get in a pity party and you start whining and you start being real negative about everything you watch it's going to get worse if you're not careful you're going to put yourself in a depression you can't blame the devil for that you did it you're going to put yourself in a depression you're going to create a heavy oppressed atmosphere now the enemy's really starting to be at work and it's because of being negative and complaining and speaking all these curses whereas if you would be positive and full of faith and you're speaking blessings you're quoting the scripture the enemy may be back there trying to get in but he's like I can't find a way in all they're doing is quoting scripture over that situation all they're doing is blessing the enemies it's like he, he's hindered he can't really do what he wants to do and the angels of God are now active all right hopefully you guys learned something tonight about blessings but blessings totally transform my life this teaching on blessings I want to leave the recordings going I'm gonna have my dad whenever you're ready and if you can get there's a father's blessing right over there somewhere if you can get that but here in a moment we're going to speak a blessing and I'm gonna pray but I'm gonna wait for them just to get situated and I'm gonna to pray together and then I'm gonna have him speak a blessing but I wanted to preach first all right just stay right there and I want everybody to look this way and I want us to pray and I want you to believe God see one of the things I've learned is is that once you preach on something and people hear what God has to say about it faith comes by hearing the word people's faith is really up and there's an expectation and that's where it needs to be and so here in a moment he's gonna speak a blessing a father's blessing this is a blessing that was written it's in our family and he speaks this over us like every uh, Christmas time over our family it's made a tremendous impact and so he's gonna speak that over you but I want us to pray about it first and I want you to believe with me and agree with me all right so Heavenly Father here in a moment we're gonna he's gonna speak the blessing and then we're gonna go through and we're gonna lay hands on every person and we're gonna believe for that blessing that every area of your life a blessing is coming into that area health finances relationships everything blessings are coming in just make sure you know sometimes people are struggling because there's an area of their life maybe they need to deal with they need to repent of something or maybe they need to discern something as I've seen sometimes that things are not necessarily right maybe homes are out of order and maybe you know there's something else going on and it hinders the blessing fully being you see what I'm saying but nonetheless when this blessing is spoken it's going to go into your life just like um, in the life of Jacob remember that it's going to rest in every area and it's going to follow you the rest of your life all right so Heavenly Fathers we come into agreement right now I thank you Lord for the power of a blessing I thank you Lord just as the Bible says Lord that a, an authority figure a male authority figure can invoke and speak a blessing and they can place the name of the Lord on your people and that these blessings will come into people's lives and father I'm asking you that is my father speaks a blessing right now that everyone here is in agreement people that are watching or listening to this it doesn't matter you may be hearing a recording 
I want you to know that I'm thinking about you right now that may be hearing this years from now in a recording. It doesn't make any difference, okay? This is for you. That as this blessing is spoken, Father, we ask you that it would be under a mighty anointing. And Lord, this is going to go out and it's going to go into people's lives. It's going to go into their health. It's going to go into their physical bodies, Lord. Literally, these positive words, these blessings under an anointing are going to go into people's flesh and it's going to cause health to begin to emerge. Lord, it's going to go into their soul area, their soul health, that they're going to have mental and emotional health and well-being. It's going to go into their lives spiritually. Lord, it's going to go into their lives in regards to relationships. That even where there, were, there used to be things that maybe were negative, there was strife, now those things are broken and they're going to clear out. Why? Because the power of the blessing is coming in. And these things are going to be destroyed and driven out. See, when God's blessing comes in, the other things are going to start going. You hear what I'm saying? Lord, as these blessings come into relationships, Lord, as these blessings are going to go into and settle upon their finances and the works of their hands to cause things to prosper. This is a blessing. This is a generational blessing that's going to form. And Father, I pray that this blessing is going to settle on every area. It's going to go into every area of their life. It's going to destroy and drive out all that is not of God. And as this blessing goes into people's lives, Lord, that it's going to remain just as the Bible shows us. When Isaac blessed Jacob, he said, he's blessed. It's over. It's set in motion. That's the end of the matter. It's going to follow them. And Lord, I thank you. You said I'll bless a thousand generations to them that love me. Lord, there is generational blessings that will form in people's lives right now that will last a lifetime and it's going to go down family lines even tonight as this blessing is spoken. Lord, that it is going to begin to trickle down and affect people's children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren even though they're not here even though they're away from God generational blessings are going to run them down and find them where they are and it's going to captivate their life and so Lord this is a, I feel such an anointing on this tonight there are certain times when God is just simply doing something this is what God's doing right now and I encourage you to believe like you've never believed because this blessing it's going to be imparted. God showed me this. And then as we lay hands, I'm going to have my dad go with me. This is going to just be sealed in every life tonight. So just where you're at, maybe just lift your hands. I want you to receive this. As my dad comes and speaks it. Now, here's what I want to pray too as he's coming. As many of you have never had a father bless you. For whatever reason, maybe they just didn't know, etc., but I'm going to ask that he is going to stand in proxy and it's going to be the exact same as your father blessing you. One of the most coveted things in scripture was that a father would bless their son or daughter. That was very powerful in scripture. So Father, we're asking you tonight as we come before you in Jesus' name and through his blood. Lord, that dad tonight would stand in the office in proxy. Lord, as being a father that's going to speak this out and invoke this blessing over the people. And Lord, as this is released out, it'll be under an anointing. And Lord, I'm asking you that he stands in office here as a father, even though he may not be their biological father. He's standing in that office. And I'm asking you, Lord, that this will release out 
in the same way for every person as though it was their dad doing it. Because many people may not have a father that can do that for whatever reason. But I'm asking you, Lord, tonight that this will be released. It's a father's blessing. And it will be very powerful in Jesus' name. I'll just receive this tonight. The Lord bless you men to be as Ephraim and Manasseh, and women to be as Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. I bless you with a long, healthy life. No sickness or disease will come near you, and you will live in perfect health. I bless you with financial prosperity and abundance. May the works of your hands be blessed and prosperous, and you be successful in all things. And as the Bible says, may you be the head, not the tail the top, not the bottom. May you have the ability to gain wealth and have durable riches on all that you own. May every place the soles of your feet thread, God give you victory. I bless you that the angels of the Lord will continually be with you to minister to you and to protect you. And God always give you victory over Satan's kingdom and all things. May you have peace and favor with all people and complete victory over all your enemies. I bless your marriage, your family, and all relationships be filled with peace. May they be wonderful, satisfying, and fulfilling for you. May your home be a place of God's peace and his presence, and the sounds of joy and laughter be heard in them, and unconditional love be consistent in them. May you and your spouse be godly and virtuous in all ways. May all your children grow up, grow up godly and bring honor to your family name. May you enjoy your children and they honor, obey, and respect you. May you have mental and emotional health and well-being as you live a righteous life before the Lord. And God give you the grace to forgive everyone from your heart. I bless your night's rest to be sweet in God's presence. May you continually walk in the fullness of the freedom, victory, and dominion that Jesus paid for you have at the cross. May you have clear direction, leading of the Holy Spirit, wisdom from the Lord, Spiritual discernment, a controlled and disciplined life, courage, faithfulness, boldness, peace, happiness, fulfillment, contentment, hope, and a good outlook on life. A listening ear to God, knowledge of God's Word, an obedient heart to God's Word, a pleasant personality, pleasant speech, protection, provision, safety, and assurance of God's loving grace, strength and the grace to live a righteous life and succeed in all things. May the Lord make and keep you healthy and strong physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. May any weakness in your life become a strength in Christ. And as the Bible declares for you, may the blessings of Abraham, every spiritual blessing in Christ, and the promises of God be yours. May goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life, and you dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. And lift his countenance upon you and establish your life in his peace and manifest presence. So now may these blessings come upon you, your family, and your descendants. I bless you now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. All right. And we receive it, Lord. So where people are at, Father, we pray right now that these words have been released out. We're going to lay hands on everybody here, and God's going to just really um, seal this. But Lord, I thank you for these ble this blessing going out into every person's life and setting things in motion, Lord. Like a dew from heaven, it's settling upon every area of their life, and things are beginning to move now in a positive direction. 
Even people that are hearing this through a recording, this blessing is coming in and settling on you now in Jesus' name. We go ahead and shut down recordings. And if you would, just play that iPod. If y'all would, here in a moment, I want you to look this way. We're going to move chairs, but I want you to hear what I'm saying. We're going to lay hands on you. I'm probably just going to use the talit like this and pray for you, but we're believing. you got to understand how, how big a deal this is. These are blessings. These are generational blessings. They're going to go in every area of your life, and things will never be the same. This is going to go into your life. It's going to affect the rest of your life, and it's going to affect your entire your wife, your 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 husband is going to affect um, your home. It's going to affect your children. This is an impartation of a blessing. Okay, very powerful. Now I want you to get in on this. Okay, I'm gonna have my dad go with me, and and maybe maybe Fernando could catch. But we're gonna definitely pray for you too. Okay, but we're gonna move quickly tonight. We need to just move the chairs, and um, somebody wants to dim the lights, that'd be great. You can turn that up, and we're gonna we're gonna go for it here in just a moment. <laughs> 